Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. Today I want to look at, number one, the purpose of fellowship, the pattern of fellowship, and the practice of fellowship. And I want us to begin to think about this. I, I loved I love this series, the World Series. It's so crazy, but really what's so cool is to see these teams in their camaraderie. And when LSU hit a, Joe Bear is his name, and the French kid from Louisiana hit a home run over the fence, you should have seen them rally around him. And I was thinking, of course, all these teams are good. They have great pitchers. They have great offense and defense for baseball. But I think one of the reasons they got to the World Series, the College World Series, is because they have what we call mojo, or they have what we call synergy. And synergy is one plus one doesn't equal two, but it equals three. And so fellowship in the Greek is the word koinonia. And so I want to think, what would make a nation so powerful? It's when they're united, and they have a camaraderie, and they have a unity. And I believe that the church, the early church, was triumphant over tremendous obstacle because they had an uncommon fellowship. And we're going to begin to look at that word today. And that's what makes the Holy Spirit in our community so important because he's the one who produces fellowship within us. And why is it powerful? We believe in one God in three persons. And in the one God, there is Father, there is Son, and there is Holy Spirit. They are one, but they have a sovereign fellowship with one another. And now when you begin to hear this word, uh, koinonia, and we're going to look at scriptures that use this. It literally means the word picture, it's a Greek word, but the word picture is that you take two pieces of metal, separate pieces, and then you weld them together, and where the two metals are welded together become stronger than the individual metal. And I want to say, as a person who lost his dad at 16, my mom would pass away when my Jake was four, and Becky and I living now in California for 20 years in Seattle, really the church became our family. And that's why I love this statement. What is fellowship? It's the people of God living as the family of God. Many of you, you became our, uh, our sons, their uh, aunts, their uncles, their grandparents, even now our grandchildren. Why? Because we are the people of God living as the family of God. And yeah, 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 I know blood is thicker than water, but the Holy Spirit is thicker than blood. And that word is that we come together and we become unbreakable when we have uncommon unity and fellowship. Amen. Now, I want to give you a scripture where this word koinonia, which is fellowship used. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. And we're beginning to look at the purpose of fellowship. This is 2 Corinthians 
chapter 13. Let's look at the very last verse. And it says here, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Say that with me. Let's read it together. This is such a cool verse. If you've never memorized this verse, this is a verse that's better than chocolate. You could chew on it all day and not gain weight. That is so goofy. All right, here we go. The, let's say it out loud. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Now, this is heaven's koinonia or heaven's fellowship. And we see there the grace of the Son, the love of the Father, but the communion or the fellowship or the koinonia of God. So in heaven, there is an unbreakable bond between the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You could distinguish them, but you can never divide them. You can never break them. You can never pull them apart. Can I say right now, it seems like the nation is being pulled apart from the inside out. And right now, I believe the church's greatest role in California, in the United States, is that we would have an uncommon fellowship derived from a unity that we would show the world that Christ is a reality because of the way we love and serve one another. Amen. Now, let's go. I want to go to uh, Psalms 133. That is heaven's picture of koinonia or fellowship. Let's go to Psalms 133. And we're going to begin to look at the entire psalm. It says, Behold... How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Did you get that? Together in unity. And I love this. It says, it is like precious oil. Underline the word precious. That means very valuable. Remember the woman who opened up some anointing which cost a year's wage? Can you imagine perfume that would cost a year's wage? Let's say your year's wage was 40000 That's a lot. That better smell good. And Judas said, hey, why don't we sell that and give it to the poor? Jesus said, you have the poor always. She's doing this. She's anointing me with this priceless, precious, valuable oil for my death. So when he's saying oil, precious oil, it is valuable. I'm telling you, unity and fellowship are more valuable than money itself. This type of fellowship creates money. Show me a company that's over the top. I'll show you a company that has a fellowship, a synergy, a mojo, and they exist to advance one another. Can you say amen? Let's read. It said, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in unity. It is like precious oil on the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, who is the high priest. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. Let's just stop right there. That's supernatural. Because the mountain range where Hermon is, that mountain range is far away from Mount Zion. So yes, they had dew in Pierpont today, but you would not experience the dew in Pierpont all the way in Victorville. Are you with me? Or San Jose or Fresno. So this is supernatural. When we have fellowship with one another, when we have unity, there is a miracle in the unity. Can I say amen? I would say it this way. There's a unity in the Trinity, and the Trinity is in unity. And when we live that way with one another outside these walls, Ventura will come to Jesus Christ. 
And so get this, and he goes, running down the beard, the beard of Aaron is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, not a blessing, life forevermore. Now listen to what Mother Teresa said. She said, the reason there's no peace in the world is because we have forgotten that we belong to one another. We belong to one another. I'll never forget Jake when he was little. He was about three years old to four. He didn't, he kept, I'd say, Jake, are you a Christian? He'd go, nope. I'd go, Jake, you're going to go to hell if you don't accept Christ. Come on, turn or burn. That was my motto when they were little. It's like, I am going to scare you into heaven. And so he was, again, he was three or four, and we were uh, speaking at this other youth group, and they had... Uh, they were doing a human video or a drama for your mama. And they had this kid about 6266. He's, I know that was funny. Thank you, Carter, for that laugh. They didn't get it. You know, I even gave them a little bit of a Canadian accent and it went over their head, okay? Because Canadians don't say mama, they go mama. Okay, never mind. Let's go. So this kid was dressed up like uh, the devil and he had all this theatrical makeup on. Well, Jake was in the lobby of this church which was about the size of ours. And he looked up in his little mind. He thought that was a real devil. And so he starts running and I'm watching the whole thing. He runs. I'm sitting on the ground near the platform. He, about two feet from me, he dives in my lap. He goes, I scared, daddy, I scared. And he just looked at that guy and he put his pacifier in his mouth. That night when I was putting him to bed and I was praying with him, he said, Daddy, is there a real devil? I go, yeah, and he's bigger than that guy you saw at that church. He said, Daddy, is there a hell? I said, yeah. He go, who go there? I said, people who aren't Christian. He goes, Dad, we is Christian. We is Christian. <laughs> Can you say we belong to one another? Can you say amen? Now, I want to tell you the pattern of fellowship. One of my favorite phrases in the creed is this, the communion of the saints. And they got that phrase because the word koinonia means communion. And there are two Latin words that really make the communion of the saints. One is sancta, and the other is sancti. And those two Latin thoughts and words mean this, God's holy gifts for God's holy people. Did you get that? God's holy gifts for God's holy people. I want to say you and I will never be holy when we're isolated. One of the most damaging things of COVID is it isolated too many believers. And if you're still online, we are grateful for that. But we say, come on, it's time to have just come in person because God's holy people, God's holy gift, make one another holy. And, and I really mean this. I personally think it's impossible to be holy without God's holy people. And it's something about that. Now, I want to say this. Have you ever heard this? Like, you could have a grace or you can have an addiction. You can have a virtue or you can have a vice. Have you ever heard someone say this? Well, yeah, sin, but it's, it's private sin. There is no such thing as a private grace and a private sin. For example, let's say you have the gift of hospitality. Well, you can't use that gift in a private way. What are you going to do? Be serving yourself? Here, sir, here's the muffin. Would you like some coffee? <laughs> yes, I think I would. Well, come on, that's not going to happen. 
And can I say, there are, yes, they're called personal virtues, personal graces. But I want to say another thing. Well, that was just me. I sinned. I blew it. It was private. No, it's not. It is not private because you are a part of the body of Christ. And what does it say? Don't you know if one member suffers, the whole body suffers? Years ago, I broke my toe on my left foot. And my whole body felt the injury. Becky took me to the emergency room. This doctor who's supposedly smart, I don't know, doctor, he tried to straighten out my broken toe. Now, my body is in such fellowship with one another. My body has a koinonia from God that when he affected the left big toe, the right foot of fellowship kicked him right in the chest. I think too many Christians are too heavy-revy with their spiritual warfare. Pastor, it's the devil. Pastor, it's the devil. Can I tell you the greatest form of spiritual warfare is if you're a dude, go to Anthony's small group for men, and when you get hurt, they're going to just open up a big can of go after the devil, and they're going to see you overcome. Come on. Are you with me on that? And so everyone say holy things, holy people. The greatest thing I ever did Years ago, when I was 20 and I went to God's University, or Robert's University, God, please let him win today, <laughs> is three friends, Sean, Kevin, Jeff, we're still friends today. What was it? It was a three-fold cord. It was a fraternity. And when I was struggling, they struggled. When I was in need, they were in need. Come on, we are the body of Christ. We belong to one another. We believe in the communion of the saints. Can you say amen? And so, listen, I want you to write this down. How about the communion of faith? There's something about when you believe with someone and it becomes a reality. Like, for example, the other day, I don't, okay, I just have to tell you, you guys, I got sick for two days. David Ethels texts me yesterday. He goes, Pastor, I don't know what's going on with you, but God has had me intercede for you for almost 48 hours straight. I texted and said I couldn't get out of bed until yesterday, and all of a sudden, I want you to know, I experienced a communion, a koinonia, a fellowship with David Ethels, who is a good friend, who is a brother. Why? It's something about having a common faith with someone. Can I tell you, when I prayed for Rhoda, who was an intern with us in Seattle, had a limb and when she, I heard she was cured, can I say Rhoda and Adrian and I, we have a koinonia. How about Frank Damasio? A year after Becky was diagnosed, we Pete got a lymphoma and we prayed for him. He was healed. We talked yesterday and he said, Pastor Jude, Sharon and I feel a connection with you. Why? We have a communion of faith. I want you to know this. Personally, I have a lot of friends, and some of them are casual, but I'm not going to have a deep friendship with someone who does not share in a communion of faith with the Lord Jesus Christ. And if I do, I'm not going to be so silent about my faith because my faith in Jesus Christ is not just a mere academic agreement. It is a relationship that has changed me from the inside out, and I cannot live without Jesus Christ. Amen. Another one is the communion of the spirit. 
How many of you know there is a communion of the Spirit when people, like for example, whether it's Rick, Maureen, Becky and I, the other night we went to eat dinner, and they have a woman that used to work for the school, Gail, and her husband, I think it was right before COVID or right in the middle of COVID in the early stages, had an accident. And you guys, we have prayed for Bob for a long time. We didn't know if he'd make it. We didn't know if he would come off the vent. But Bob was at the house and he was talking and I kept looking at him going, Bob, you're a miracle. Bob, you're a miracle. And he would light up when we would say that. Why? That is a communion of the spirit. Can you say amen? How about now? I don't know. You really want some people. I just don't have close friends. Maybe you're weird. No, come on. <laughs> Can I say most people in church, I say no one ever reaches out. It's like, well, you're kind of like the wall. You don't talk. (laughs) Or you're different. The Bible says show yourself friendly and you will have friends. Now, really get this. I think one of the most bonding things. Now, I want you to really look at this. What is this? You are smart, boys and girls. This is a B-I-B-L-E. This is the book for you and me. And I want to say, there is so much change happening in this nation. My head is spinning. I didn't think I'd ever see the day. But I want you to know one thing. As far as me, in this church, in my house, I am bound to the scripture. Now, remember what koinonia means in the Greek? Two pieces of metal coming together, and they're welded. And the bond where they're together is stronger than the metal itself. I am bound to the Bible. There is a welding power through the anointing and the Holy Spirit. In the scriptures that we have put in our minds and our hearts, there is no way we're not going to have the communion with the scriptures. Come on. We will have communion with scripture. Communion today. We're going to celebrate the Lord's table. We have a communion with that and also the communion of love. Go with me in your Bibles. Go to Acts chapter 2. And we're going to begin to read verse 42. Acts 2. And we're going to read verse 42. And this is the day of Pentecost. And it says here, and they continued steadfastly. Now, you can't continue if you don't start. In the apostles' doctrine, that's scripture, in fellowship, underline that, that's koinonia, that's adhering to. But it's not just showing up. It's not just like a men's Harley group or a men's golf group or a ladies' Bible study. It's that you show up and you have a contribution. Can I say one thing that I love about this College World Series? Each player is showing up with a unique contribution. They play their part. And it says, so fellowship in breaking of bread and in prayers right there. So the early church withdrew and opened the Roman Empire to the church and really converted at one point the uh, Roman Empire was their fellowship with one another. Now look, on the day of Pentecost, which we celebrated not long ago, 3,000 people were added to the church in one moment. But guess how God added his church daily through fellowship? I believe when we do life together, are you in a group? Do you serve on a team? When we do life together, God will add to this church daily the number of people being saved. Amen. Let's go to another one. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 
10, not 16, 1 Corinthians 10, 16, 1 Corinthians 10, 16, it says the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion, that's koinonia, that's the adherence to, of the blood of Christ, the bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? So that word communion there is koinonia, and it is fellowship, it is communion, it is unbreakably one. And so today, as we end this service, a part of the altar response or the action that we're going to take, if you're here with a friend or a family, we're going to participate in the Lord's table, but today we're going to do it together. Uh, Oftentimes when we officiate wedding ceremonies, usually the first thing a couple will do is their first act as a married couple is that they will participate in the Lord's table or communion. And really, it's talking about they're entering into a covenant with one another because they've already entered into get this, an unbreakable covenant with Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to really look at that verse in Corinthians 10, 16. It says the communion cup and the communion bread. When we say, remember, communion is two pieces of metal being adhered to, meaning unbreakable. Can I say right now, Even if you broke the covenant of God, God will never break his covenant. You just soon get rid of the moon, the sun, and the stars. The covenant of Jesus Christ is unbreakable. He began a good work in us. He is going to complete it to the day of the Lord. Can you say amen? Let's go to another one. Go to Philemon chapter 1. If you're looking for chapter 2 in Philemon, it's not in there. They only have one chapter. How many of you didn't know that? How many of you have ever not read Philemon? Okay, thank Kat, I love you. I love your honesty. Can you give it up for Kat, the best salesman of fish in all of Ventura? You need fish, go to Kat, all right? Okay, here we go. It says that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. So you get that, the sharing of your faith. Now, it doesn't mean, and this is where I kind of struggle going out, but Becky loves it. Becky is the best evangelist I know, and Kat. She'd go on the street corner and start saying, turn a burn. Well, she wouldn't say turn a burn, but she would lead him to Christ. I personally think the greatest evangelistic method is sharing koinonia, as we do life together. People are attracted. They open up. Why do you guys are so happy? Why do you get along? Why are you doing this? It will open them up to God. Can you say amen? Now I want to look at the practice of fellowship, and I'm going to call the keys up. A powerful example of what koinonia should look like can be found, I want you to get this one phrase. I want you to get this, a powerful phrase in the New Testament that we could really classify what koinonia, this fellowship is, one another. Say that with me, one another. Say that again. I want us to say it again. And we're going to put some statements from the New Testament with that phrase, one another. And we're going to begin to say them together. I'm going to try to turn around. They're going to be coming on the screen momentarily, and we're going to read them together. I believe if this becomes our reality, that we can awaken America and California. America, which is so grievous right now, is we're no longer one another. They've made us a nation of tribes where we're turning in on each other. That will never happen in this church. We are one 
with the Spirit, amen, and one another. Let's do this. Let's read it out loud. Be kindly to one another with brotherly love. No, let's just stop right there. I mean, you know, politics would be a lot better if they just lived that out. Is that not right? Let's read the next one. Live in harmony. You just breathe right now. If you're married and you're fighting, you need to obey this. Now look, I went on a sabbatical last year because Becky and I were scrappers and we weren't living this out. Ask her, we're living that out right now. Why? Because God began to heal and God kept us together. We never separated. He kept us together. I have a word for a married couple. If God put you together, let no one ever separate you. Amen. How about this one? Let's let, read the next one. Accept. Did you hear that? Accept one another. I think that's a beautiful thing about being in a group. The quirky people in groups. If you only hang out with people who are just like you, how will you ever grow? Amen. How about this one? Serve one another. Oh, you guys. Oh, you went quiet on me. Let's read One, two, three. Serve. Okay, let's go to the next. Be kind and compassionate to one another. I think we need to do that some more, right? Look at your neighbor and smile. Okay, at your other neighbor, a better smile. Go ahead. Some of you smile funny. Okay. How about this next one? Admonish one another. That means you're going to encourage them. Come on, you can do it. You can make it. I'm with you. Do this next one. Encourage one another. Can we do that out loud? Encourage. How about this next one? Spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Come on, you can make it. Go at it again. Spur them on. Encourage them. How about this one? Offer hospitality to one another. Now look, if you're not hospitable and a horrible cook, do not invite me to your house. Actually, the couple who had the dinner for about eight couples or five couples, great cooks, clean house, and they have the gift of hospitality. You feel welcome. Now, if you don't have the gift of hospitality, when people come to your house, they're not going to feel welcome. So just find that friend. Amen? Everyone, let's say it out loud. Love one another. Say it again. I want to tell you a story, and then we're going to participate in communion. Uh, I think one of the greatest sports that really show the picture of fellowship and koinonia is wrestling. Because wrestling, in one sense, is an individual sport. Like when Jude, John, or Jake wrestled, if they won their match or lost their match, it was on them. They couldn't blame it on the ref, really, or the cheerleaders or the defense, or the quarterback, it, it was on them. And I would always tell the boys, bring the pain or leave in shame. And uh, one time, the first time, you better not put your son out for wrestling. Let him go out for something else because you don't want your boy being smacked around. And so, and I, I would say that. So John, in eighth grade, for the first time, had to wrestle a girl because Washington State at that point had not 
started women's wrestling where women only wrestled women. They were, wrestling, they were able to wrestle boys. And he came and goes, Dad, I can't do it. You told us never to hurt a girl. And I go, well, her dad was dumb enough to let her get on that mat. And I said, and if you lose, you're going to affect your team's score, and it will affect your team from becoming number one. Don't you want your team to win? And you know what the name of the uh, tournament was? Iron sharpens iron. And Jude's class had won it. John, I said, do you want to win or not? And he said, no, look, you better bring the pain on her. Or you're going to leave this, this gymnasium with a lot of shame. I said, right when he blows that whistle, you just go at her like that, smack her. And I said, then put her in a head and arm and throw her down and pin her. He did. He pinned her in three seconds. And he got up like this. I thought, put your chest in. She's a girl, boy. You know? I think that is the best picture of koinonia. When Rick and I are believing something, or Franklin and a team of men, we're bonded, or women, and we wrestle against some heartache and obstacles, and we come through, it's not only a win for us, it's a win for the church. It's a win for all of us, the team. Come on, right? Can I tell you one more wrestling story? One more true story. Jude was in uh, a junior, and John was a freshman, and they had Washington State Intensive, and they called it Double Hell Week. Most men, young men quit after the first day. And so they made me sign a contract, my Jude and John. Dad, I, we don't care. We know John's going to call you within two hours crying. <laughs> and begging you to come and get us. But dad, you can't, because we will never go to that other level. We make a stay, dad. And so sure enough, John calls me and I go, okay, and she goes, dad, no. And he hangs up the phone. Hangs up the phone. They had, I think, 12 men from the uh, varsity wrestling team sign a contract and they put their names on the contract that none of them would leave intensive. Well, one of the young men it was getting so hard. By the way, in that intensive camp, my John uh, fractured his neck, didn't even know it, stayed and still wrestled. Yeah, that was crazy. I should have went and got him. <laughs> Put some more of this coin on you. We didn't know until we moved to Ventura and he went to the, uh, the chiropractor and go, you, have a fra you had a fracture in your neck. Kid you not, one of the young men called his mom and dad and cried like a baby and ended up leaving intensive in the middle of a night, the night like an NFL football team, leaving a city. And when the boys woke up, they were so mad. So when they got back to the wrestling room and they started summer workout, they pinned that right in the entryway of the wrestling room, but they got a red marker and crossed that kid's name out. And the kid was kind of offended and they said, you broke your agreement. You see Koinonia? is when two metals come together and it's unbreakable. How is that? Number one, through and by Jesus Christ. Amen? It's unbreakable.
it's unbreakable. My koinonia with Christ is unbreakable. Therefore, that makes our koinonia with one another unbreakable. Let's do this. I want you to take the elements that are right around you. And if you're by your family, what I want you to do is I want you to turn to them. It could be a family member. It could be a friend. And I want you to do this. I want you to break the wafer and symbol that our bond with one another is unbreakable. And you say, why is that? Because Jesus' body was broken. Our families do not have to be. Let me say, there are many different situations here that leave us fractured and broken. However, in this moment, you can receive a healing and a wholeness. And we could forget that which is behind. And maybe things fractured in the past with this relationship or that, but guess what? We're here now. We're here now. And if Becky and I could be really have a sovereign healing, all of us can be healed in the way that we need. So I want you to turn to your friend, your family member, and share the bread with them. And I want you to begin to pray just briefly, right where you're at, I want you to pray healing over them. Beautiful. Families being healed, hearts being healed, minds being healed. Koinonia is happening right now as you pray for that person. Koinonia can happen between dad and son, husband and wife, friend to friend. It can happen right now. A beautiful healing and wholeness. Now I want us to do this. Turn to that person. Maybe you could swap cups. And let's partake of the cup of the Lord. And then I want you to just pray a washing, a cleansing, a perfecting from the inside out. Father, we just pray a sovereign healing and cleansing over the church in the auditorium online. We thank you for that, Lord. A redemption, a beauty, a bonding. Are we not bound by the blood of Jesus Christ? Lord, I pray even in this moment where things have been pulled apart, the blood of your cross reconciles things in heaven and things on earth in Jesus' name. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.